Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. Connor, we started, and I think either July, end of July or early August, breaking down win totals for every single Power Five conferences, and then we mixed in some G five schools, and now we're all of that work that we did all that off season is now gonna pay off hopefully for us because we are in the national title game. It's come Monday. We had Michigan, Washington. Come Monday. But I don't want to start there. Because I had a gripe. I mean, I know me and you talked about this in person. But we didn't do it on the show. Why in the hell is the FCS title game, Montana versus South Dakota State, on a Sunday at 2 p.m.? Like, the TV networks that own the rights of that shit, like, just talk to an average, like like an average football fan. And they will tell you what to do. This is the dumbest thing ever. If you want anybody to watch this game. You know what like would be perfect is like they do keep these on the sort of the same weekend. But wouldn't it just be cool if like in my opinion, both of these national championships should be played on Saturday. College football traditionally is played on Saturday. The fact that the national championship is on Monday and the SES championship on Sunday is just, it's dumb. Dumb. There's no other way for me to put it than it's dumb. Wouldn't it be just, like, awesome to have the last, like, games of college football, like, have the FCS championship early on Saturday and let it lead us right into the national championship. Yeah, like have the FCS game kick off at four, and then when that game's over, the eight o'clock kickoff. Or like two ish. Yeah, or two or three. Because obviously the ESPN wants to be able to get as much like talking about the national championship before the game so they could get all the commercials in. The only thing that I am looking forward to Monday is that we will finally get the release date of NCAA college football. That is all I give a fuck about. There's as a, selfish there's, as that is. Yeah, I mean, I get it. As soon as, as soon as that date is announced, I'm going into our ADP app and I am going to put in a request for some time off following that date so that I can be just an absolute degenerate and play NCAA football for like a couple of days straight and not feel like a piece You're of shit. You're literally going to look like Cardinals from still... South Park. <laughs> exactly. Ma'am, give me a talent! Ma'am, talent! 
<laughs> I dude, I I don't I don't understand the. Yes, I'm very excited for the NCAA 14 release date. But the thing that is just bothering me is that I don't don't understand the minds of TV executives, like because they're like, oh, it's Saturday, no one's gonna watch. What do we do all fucking season? Is stay up and watch college football. Like every fan is gonna fucking stay up and watch that game. Like you know how dumb these teams. Yeah, and I guarantee are? you, it's still gonna be like a late. Uh, I, I don't know what time the kickoff is. I'm assuming it's like eight o'clock, so that the game's over at like well after midnight, and I probably won't be able to see the end of it because guess what? I have to work in the fucking morning. I don't. That's why. For we also work at five. The so TV exec. But, the TV executives are smart enough to basically take over college football, but yet the viewership of it, they still have fucking issues with. And I don't understand that. Dude, okay, so obviously, I don't know if I've ever said this like as a background on this podcast, but I went to a school that it was like basically a trade school for like radio and TV broadcasting. Um, you know, one of the things we learned like very on and you don't notice it until you're like told that if you ever watch any TV show or movie, when somebody gets a phone call, they don't say bye. They just hang up. You want to know why that is? Why? Because TV executives think if America sees somebody say bye, they think the show or movie is over. So they'll turn it off. These are the people we're fucking dealing with. Like, that's 100% a thing. And after that, I was like, dude, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's not true. Looked it up, 100% a thing. They think if somebody in, in you're watching Always Sunny and Charlie's on there and he says, uh, okay, bye, that I will turn it off as a consumer or a watcher because I think the movie's over. That is legit 1,000% a real thing. And you'll once you know that, you'll never watch movies the same way. Anybody takes a phone call, you'll just be waiting for the end of it. They will not say bye. It. These are the people we're dealing with. Just go to your local bar and be like, hey, look, hey, if we put this championship game on a Saturday night, we'll have the FCS game at 4, and we'll have the championship game at 8. Will you watch both of them? Everybody's going to be like, yes. Okay, so I'm not 100% sure if this is true, but I looked it up to see why it's on a Monday. Apparently, the reason it's not on the, the at least the college football playoff national championship. I don't know about the FCS, but the reason that they have the national championship on Monday is because they do not want it to interfere with uh, the NFL on Sunday. And if the game were to be played on Saturday. It would likely clash with the NFL Wild Card Saturday. This is now it's week eighteen though. Like this is regular season games. Yeah, exactly. But also think about next season where the playoffs extended a week. Then it would be during the more than likely during the well, NFL playoffs. Let's worry about the event. Let's, then this has been going on for like. 15, 20 years. Yeah. This has always been the thing. I mean, I understand the NFL is 
the biggest me- biggest meal ticket, I guess, in the land. But dude, there's some way that we gotta figure this out because it, it, it for college football, I don't think you could just bow your knee to the NFL because I think there's a chance that if you go up head to head with the NFL, depending on what it is, you could win, maybe. I think they will I win. Don't. I think if they put their nuts on the table and say, Hey, hey, look, we're gonna play this Saturday night and you're gonna have the your problem week, You're gonna have your week eighteen game. Is if you, go ahead, go ahead. If you have your week eighteen game the same night we have our national championship, look at the numbers for next season. You will not schedule a late game on week eighteen next year. Granted now everything now everything is changing. You like you said, everything's gonna change. It's gonna be different now. But still I don't know. I, I I hate the Monday night Monday night shit. It's kind of the same. The list I of agree. Super Bowl is nice. They started a little earlier. It's like always like six thirty seven. So like yeah, they have enough dude, time to watch it. it. I know. Give me some time to at least watch it. Like give the people on the East Coast enough time to be able to watch it. Yeah, they don't. But no. After all that, we do have a national title game to talk about. Washington. In Michigan, Michigan is favored by four and a half points here. Um, Not the, by any means, the matchup I expected to see in the national title game. It's a little different. I don't, I don't think anybody really had this matchup. It's very weird to see like the graphic for like, this is the national title. It's like, these are the two teams that are here. Yeah, it's funny to like. People have been putting out the uh, graphic from what was it? What was it a couple of years ago? Oh, that's right. It was when uh, COVID year, Michigan beat Washington like thirty-one to ten, and like literally that whole season after that, we thought like Michigan was good. That was like when we thought we were in peak Joe Milton, and. Or was that COVID year? I, believe, I can't remember. I believe it was COVID year because that was the same year where they beat them and then didn't play Ohio State because they had COVID issues because everything kind of um, everything like kind of went downhill. But after why that. did they play Washington? Like that's that like for like Ohio State and um, them had to only. You're. I think you're right because it was all Big Ten. Big Ten only played Big Ten that year. Then what year? It had to have been the year, maybe the year before COVID. I don't know, but either way, to look at what Washington has been allowed the last couple of years before that Michigan game that they played, there what that was when Washington started off ranked in the top twenty-five, and and in week one lost to Montana, and then proceeded to go on. Who's in the FCS win, title game? Who's in the title game? No, I understand that. But yeah, okay, so this was the year before COVID now that I'm thinking back on it. No. That season, they lost to Montana and then proceeded to lose to Michigan the next week. And then everything fell apart. And it's like, where is this Washington program going? And then ever since they brought in Kalen DeVore and along with Michael Penix, like they're in the national championship, fourteen or thirteen and now, they're uh, fourteen or 
14 and 0. Yeah, this is the first matchup of 14 and 0s, right? Yes. Um, can I interrupt real, like real quick? Huh. Just from things that I've seen on like Twitter and um, articles written on the, either whether it was USA Today or any kind of publication is I'm seeing people compare this Washington team to the TCU team from a year ago. Like, dude, we're talking about two completely like teams on different fucking levels, in my opinion. Like, if you put those two teams on a neutral field right now in some kind of simulator, Washington's probably winning by at least two or three touchdowns. Like, that's my opinion. But, like, to compare them as the lucky team all season long, I think is a a little bit of a stretch. Like, these teams are not on the same level. No, because even, like, TCU's luck, like, in the Big 12 championship ran out. And honestly, like, you kind of saw it on the last three plays that they tried to run it in to get that touchdown and it didn't work um but yeah you're right i think we talked about that before that we i understand like i understand there are certain parallels with how both teams got there but the the but that's it there's no like the this offense is so much better than that TCU offense was. That T that TCU team had a lot of flaws, and obviously in the national championship, it got exposed. Hopefully, we don't have that scenario happen in this national championship. I don't think that. Like I don't. I think there could be a chance that Michigan blows Washington out. But also, I think the chances of that are very slim because this is a team that is able to throw themselves back into games. Like, yes, you could say they're lucky, but also they've been doing this for the last two seasons. Like, they know how to get back into games. There's a reason that they are undefeated. Yeah. And and why they have. That's what I'm really rooting for right now is to have, like, an actual good title game because we haven't had a good title game in years. Last year, blowout. The year before that was 2021. Now the teams are escaping me. Georgia beat Alabama pretty handily. The year before that was the Ohio State-Alabama game. Blowout. The year before that, LSU-Clemson. Blowout. Like, we haven't had a really good title game in some years. I... It might literally be the last good title game we might have had. Might have been the Sean Watson, Alabama, Hunter Renfro Jaylen touchdown. Hurts. Yeah, like legit. No, 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 no. After that was the yeah, like you said, the Jalen Hurts Tua comes in to beat Georgia, or was that before? I don't even remember. No, that one. That one was after. No, I was. I was talking about the Jalen Hurts Alabama team that Deshaun played. So we were on oh, the same wavelength okay. there. I, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, that's what but, I'm really rooting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm rooting for that too. Um, so just to like start diving into some of the plays that we have. I'm on the over 56. You can find it still, I believe, at 56 on DraftKings. That's where I ended up grabbing it today. Um yeah, I just think that there's going to be a good amount of points in this game. I don't 
I think that Washington is going to be able to get theirs on offense. And obviously, I like Michigan's offense will be able to methodically move down the field on this defense, I do believe. But I think we're going to get good outputs by both offenses. I mean, I'm the one matchup I'm just dying to watch. And I don't... They kind of had him singled up on Marv in our game. I don't know if they'll really do it that much with Rome, but I would love to see Michigan try to go one-on-one Will Johnson and Roma Dunze. That's two of the best in the nation going up against each other. I think that would be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, the the matchup for me, though, like as fun as that's going to be, because you're talking about probably the second best and – I mean, you can argue he was the best receiver in football all season long, but obviously Harrison didn't have the quarterback that Adunze has. But either way, you have the second best quarterback, first best quarterback, whatever you want to call it, in college football going against an elite cornerback. But the matchup for me is on the line of scrimmage. Washington has the best offensive line in the nation, um, and Michigan's defensive line is still very stout. So the the biggest key for me in this game is can Washington protect Penix? And they don't. Have- well, it's not even that. Like the one thing that I've noticed watching watching Washington is, yes, in theory Penix does not get sacked that much, but also he's very elusive in the pocket. He's slippery. like not many people. Yeah, not many people think that he is. But when you truly just, like, sit there and, like, I I did it with a couple of the games, like, watching them back. If you just, like, watch Penix in his pocket presence, he knows how to not just, like, the right time to slide, move up, move back. He's just very good in the pocket. Now, like you said, when it comes to... uh, Michigan's defensive line, can you push that Joe, Joe Moore award-winning offensive line into, back into Penix and hopefully get him? It's going to be a tough task. Yeah, you. I. <laughs> so this is going to sound really shitty. It's going to sound like I'm downgrading Penix. But you know what he reminds me a lot of is Taylor Heineke. Which, okay, that sounds shitty. But I'm telling you. Hmm. As a Commanders fan, I watched a lot of him play. He is this—he's like slippery. That's all—that's the perfect word to describe him. Like it's very hard to sack him because just when you get a yes. hit on him, he just kind of glides out of it. He knows how to like distribute the weight on his body to avoid sacks, and then ends up—he's not a—he's not a scrambler by any means, but he can roll out and still is looking downfield. His eyes are up and can throw the ball. It does help when you have three like legit wide receivers. But mm-hmm. the NFL wide receivers. Yes. As you're talking about the total, I haven't placed a bet on it yet, but if I would also lean the over because I think Washington is gonna be able to move the ball. But I'm am worried, and I know I talked about it last on our last show. I do I don't like the slander for Washington's defense being bad. I think they're very situationally good, but it 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've came ar- I've came around back off of that take that that was that was kind of what was holding me back from like why I cashed out of the Washington Futures or the national championship future, which of course comes to bite me back in the ass, which I never You're never doing it again. I don't care if you never ULM. Never. never. But never. I, I will say but, I, I don't think they're legit, like a like a legitimately great defense. I think they're situationally good. So I do think Michigan's gonna be able to run the ball on them and kind of methodical. Yeah, it's like I don't think they need to be great uh drive in, drive out. I think they just need to come up with the stops because I mean that's what they've been doing all year is coming up with spot stops at the right time and letting your offense cook. Yeah. So yeah, I would leave the I would lean the over too. Now for a side. I'll start here. I'm I think the number's really good. I think a four and a half is a great number. But I'm telling you right now, I think Washington wins this football game, and I'm going to take the plus four and a half, and I will also take the money line. There's too much talent on this offense. And, again, the situational defense that I think they can play when the moments and the the lights are the brightest, they've always made the play. So why should I deviate from that now? And, again, I think there's a giant gap. I think J.J.'s a great quarterback. But I think Michael Penix was the best quarterback in the country this year. He should have won the Heisman Trophy. I get why he didn't, but I think he should have. And with those three stud wide receivers that are going to be catching balls on Sunday for the next 10, 15 years, offensive line, that's great. I like Washington to win the game outright. So I'll take that plus four and a half, and I'll take that money line as well. Um, I honestly have no idea on a side. I... Everything in my mind is telling me that it's Michigan. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, the upset rival fan in me, but, like, I've kind of accepted the fact that they're going to end up winning the national championship. I I just – I there's times that, like, I sit there and I'm like, how does Washington compete with Michigan? Like, Michigan – Here's the thing, though. I will say that. If you want to argue position by position, I don't think it's that big of a discrepancy. Yes, the star ratings will tell you it's different. But group by group, I don't think there's that much. Now, Michigan may win more position groups, but I think the gap between the wide receiver room is ginormous for Washington. I think the gap for quarterback is ginormous for them. And as far as their running game goes, like Dylan Johnson's playing in this game, correct? Everything that I've, I believe he he is going to play, but I also could feel like it's a game time decision. But also, it is the national championship, so I feel like if you have any kind of element, you're wrapping it up the best that you can, and you're playing in this game. But either way, he's probably not going to be 100 percent, right? I watched that Texas game, and I've watched Texas or Washington all season long because obviously they're the Pac-12 game. We got money on the games at ten o'clock. Yes, DeBoer is super smart with his like screen balls and little dump offs, little pop passes. Where is Dylan Johnson not being one hundred percent isn't great? He can scheme up basically pass plays that are considered run plays, and they did 
just fine with that against Texas. They've done fine with that all season long. So I think they can run the ball there. But obviously, Blake Corm's the better quarterback. Offensive line, they have the advantage. Um, defensively, now we got a different story. Like the defensive line, obviously, for Michigan is better than Washington. But I think you can argue, like, some other positions, there's some back and forth. So, like, I know the star ratings don't say it, but I don't really think Washington's, like, that outmatched. Like, I wouldn't have made this line four and a half. I would have made this more of a pick in my opinion. But, obviously, I'm on the side of Washington. Yeah, I had it closer to, I had closer to a field goal. So, but at the same time, I just, I just, I really do not know. And maybe that's because, like, one part of me is hoping Washington doesn't win it. So, like, I like I've said to you that uh, I hope that it, like, Washington doesn't win it. Otherwise, I do look like a dumbass. I already had a Washington future on them to win the national championship. I cashed out of it like an idiot. And then part of me on the flip side, Michigan is my fucking rival. You think I want to hear those motherfuckers talking about they have the most recent national championship? No, I really don't want to hear it. But, like, if you're asking me, like, like, Michigan's been the more consistent team all season. I understand Washington is undefeated as well as Michigan is. But there, I think there's a level to these undefeateds. I will say, I think that one thing. Who's the mm. best quarterback that Michigan's played based all season long? Come McCord. I wouldn't say that. I think it was Talia. But you could say Talia or Kyle McCord. Like right there. The gap yeah, between those Talia, Talia, Jalen Milrow, and Kyle McCord are all in the Thunderdome battling it out right yeah, now. Yeah, the gap between those three dummies. And Michael. Pettis. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know who the best quarterback that <laughs> we're so we Deacon are such Hill. idiots. What? Deacon Hill. No, not Deacon Hill. Um, oh my God, who? Uh, what is his name? What is his name? What is his name? Hold what on, school? give me two sec. Uh, give me two seconds, and I will have it. Um, What's what, what the. F- what the fuck is the UNLV quarterback's name? Oh, that guy's a Why bomb. Is he is no, he is not. He is a great quarterback. God damn it! Why am I forgetting his freaking name? He just hopped in the portal too. Where he's I know, I know. That's why am I? Jaden Miava. Okay, totally is better than dog. That. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The gap between those four quarterbacks and Michael Penix is huge. So we'll no, see what they do that. against a legit quarterback. I, now, here's the thing that I will say is, like, the thing that benefits Michigan, and I think this is the thing that I come to that may, like, if there's any team that I know, like, obviously I know Ohio State the best. If there's any team that I know the second best, it's probably Michigan because I need to know – like what's going on with them and everything like that. I do follow their recruiting. I follow all that stuff because I need to know, like, you know your enemy. Because you're like, a loser. You kind of have to. Michigan is built 
to beat Ohio State. Obviously, they not this integration with Kyle McCord, but like the CJ Strouds, like the sling it all over. Like, I think for that reason, it gives them a little bit of advantage because you're used to kind of going up against a high powered offense in your biggest rival, in your biggest game, year in, year out. So I think That's like fair. that does come to the benefit of Michigan. Granted, Ohio State this year wasn't what they fully are, but you do go up against that Ryan Day offense that it. I understand this year it was not good, but other years it is very high-powered, one of the best offenses in the nation, and Michigan goes up against that, and like to Harbaugh's credit, He's built Michigan to beat Ohio State. So I think that kind of gives them a little bit of advantage. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I but, think it's very fair. But just to get into any other props that I have, um, I am taking Michael Penix over uh, shop around. I think the best that you could find it at is 292. The last two games against Oregon and against Texas, he went well over 300 yards. I think that he's good. Like, I do think he's going to be able to get his against this Michigan defense. And I think he's going to get several or a fair amount of deep shots on Michigan. So I, w- I should say before we get into that, how many props do you have? Um, I have that one. Don't, um, we'll save the first touchdowns for the end. I don't. I, um, all right, I could think up of a first touchdown. I do have like a little bit like of a long shot touchdown. No, the, the, but, those are cool. um, we can probably shoot back and forth with props. Yeah, I don't really have that many props. I don't um, have that many either. But we can shoot back. And yeah. Forth. Um, if you're going to me though, I'm taking JJ McCarthy over .5 interceptions minus one hundred five. Is the best number I could find on, on uh, DraftKings. Um, like I said, this is more of just something I kind of banked on all season long. Is this Washington defense has just been so situationally great? The defense as a whole has not been amazing. It's been mediocre. I think we say maybe even bad at sometimes. But when the moment's the brightest, they make the big play. So if I'm going to bet. Washington to win this game. That probably means we got a 50-50 shot of Washington driving down the field to win the game or J.J. McCarthy having to drive Michigan down the field to win the game. And in that moment, if the moments is bright, as well as this defense is played in those situations, I will take the over of interceptions. I've also looked at parlaying him over an interception and Michael Penix under an interception. Is plus four twenty five, which I don't hate. I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but it's something I'm like kind of dabbling on. Now, Michael Penix usually throws an interception in every game he plays, but and roll the with dice. all the deep shot with all the deep shots that Penix takes, like there's always the chance that on one of those deep shots, like the wide receiver miss loses it in the lights, and the safety that's behind him just gets an easy pick. Like that, like I always see that happen on deep shots, and yeah, there, there's, yeah, kind there's of a reason me a bit. why it's plus uh, one eighty as the under. So yeah, I understand that. 
All right, I'll shoot back. Um, so this isn't a first touchdown for the game, but one that I noticed, it is plus money, not that much. Lake Horum to be Michigan's first touchdown scorer is plus 160. I think that's a pretty safe bet. I wouldn't bet that like him to like his he's plus one or plus three thirty to score the first touchdown of the game. That's not enough value for me on a first touchdown. But if it's gonna mm. be Michigan's first touchdown, I like that a lot. You're losing value there. It's plus one sixty, like you said, and I think mm-hmm. you bite the bullet if it is the first touchdown. Like who cares? But if Michigan's gonna score the first, like their first touchdown is gonna be Blake Corum. It's either that or honestly defense. That's yeah, but like the way that I kind of see this play out is I think if Washington like wins the toss, I think they take the ball first. And I think the way it plays out in my head, either way, Washington ends up with the ball first to start. So I think if you want to have a first touchdown prop. You want it to be on Washington because I think they want to come out and make Michigan have to keep up with them by starting off with the ball first. I mean, that on our side, that's hard to predict. So I get it because Washington also wants to drag them into a shootout. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying, though. Um if we're going back to me, I also, by the way, I also took his, I already took Penix's over passing yards as well. But, again, I don't know how you should do this, but I'm basically going all in and watching win this football game with all my bets. Because that's... That always that, scares me. It is scares me. I think about, I think about the Kansas City, uh, Tampa Bay Super Bowl, where literally I was all over Kansas City every which way on every prop and just completely lost my ass. That's perfect because I bet on Tampa Bay to win that football game outright. So I'm gonna take. I know you're because you're you're a piece of shit. This was before we really well. I'm a Brady. Yeah, we never really talked. Yeah, that's exactly. That's that's the biggest thing. Um, did not think that we're gonna win that football game. By the way, but I love Tom Brady. I'm not betting against him. Um, I'm taking Blake Corum's under 100.5 rushing yards because I think Washington's going to turn this into a shootout. And if they can get that game into a shootout, they're going to have to throw the ball more. And he might do any something in the passing game. It doesn't matter towards the rushing yards, and he's not going to get to that total. So I'm going to take the under on the 105. And I get and it's a that's also a prop where everybody and their mom are going to bet the over on that. So I'm also fading the public a little bit, so I'm going to take the under there. Makes sense. Um, All right, I'll just give away. This is like the only other prop that I really have. Um, It's an anytime touchdown. Shop around. I'm only looking at DraftKings right now for the odds. But uh, Jack Westover. Anytime touchdown, plus 320. If you don't know who he is, he is the walk-on tight end that they have. There's been a lot of times, if you've watched uh, Washington over the course of the season, I believe he's 
either 35 or 36. I don't know. You'll be able to notice which one he is. But uh, throughout this season, he I, think, I believe he's had over 500 receiving yards. He's made some pretty clutch catches for them and some pretty clutch moments. So I think there's going to be a time that he needs to come up with a clutch touchdown, and I think he's going to be able to. You mean and obviously, you, it, it's a it, not even that a uh, walk on tight end. Like I remember when they were talking about, uh, I think they were talking about him like in one of the pregame shows, or maybe it was during the game. I can't fully remember, but they were talking about how he was like at camp for Washington. They kind of liked him, and he had like a knee injury or something like that, but. Ended up coming on, walking on there, and has now just made some clutch moments for them. You give me a tight end score touchdown, like I'm signing up for that all day. Um, yeah, especially at plus three twenty. Why the fuck not? All right, so to close this out in the natty, let's get into the first touchdowns. So I, I don't know about you, I've started to take like a new avenue when I'm betting first touchdowns, which has been good and sometimes hasn't. I make my bet, and I do like maybe like a plus, like 11 to 1, and a four. basically for me personally, if it's not 10 to 1, I'm not betting it. But I also will sprinkle a little bit on the favorite to score just to cover my ass. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes you lose them all, but sometimes it does. Like if you don't hit your... 15 to 1 or your 17 to 1, you still covered that. No, I get I get first part saying. of that. Um so yes, I will sprinkle a little bit on Blake Corman plus 330. That's not a lot of value. I will, I don't really love it that much, but just it's more of a cover my ass. For me, Roma Dunze is plus 750. I'm not looking that way. They got two other receivers that are going to play in the NFL as well. So I have already placed my bet on Jalen Polk at seventeen to one to be the first touchdown in this game. I just now noticed this looking on uh, FanDuel. They do have a prop: Blake Corum or Roma Dunze to score the first touchdown plus one fifty-five. Bet that right now. I right, where is this at? FanDuel. If you go in, yeah, if you go to the uh, national championship game and then go into college uh, or CFB player specials, they have it on there. Yeah, I just, I, I placed that bet. That's a good bet. That's a great bet, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, for, for, for like any Michigan player, like I'm not looking anywhere. It's Blake Corm or nothing for me. And I, we're probably going to be wrong. That's what happens. It's the first touchdown. It's a lot of it is luck. Like Blake Corm, I will say Blake Corm could yeah. have seven touchdowns in this game. If he doesn't have the first one, you lose. Like that's the nature of the bet. Yeah, just uh, looking at trying to figure out some of these other props. Honestly, I take a flyer bet on it because. Honestly, he hasn't been having the season 
that like I kind of expected as their number two, but and he was kind of a no show to an extent in the Bama game, but maybe Donovan Edwards over twenty seven and a half rushing yards. That seems so low and you know like you and I have watched him a lot throughout the years. He's liable to break one at any point and on just one rush getting this. Plus, like, he hasn't been this, like, he hasn't been as good. Like, wh- like this seems like the ultimate spot for him to just, like, you know what, I'm that motherfucker. Especially if they're taking over for Corum last season. Like, right at the end of the season. So, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that either. But... I was looking on DraftKings. They didn't have any of his rushing yards. They still don't have any. Like, they have, obviously, him in the anytime touchdowns, but they don't have anything about rushing yards for Dylan Johnson. I honestly just think that's because of the injury. Like, they're not willing to put any number out there right now. Like, it's not worth the risk for them. So, I, I, I honestly question if, like, even before the game, if we'll even have a number for him. Yeah, that like things like that, they're either gonna hold it off to like set or Monday when the like when the national title is, but like they might not even. Or even if they, yeah, yeah, because I mean Vegas is only gonna put out a number if they feel like they can. It, like Vegas only puts numbers out assuming that they feel like they have an edge and a way to make money off of it. Yeah, and they might and if they do put out a number, it'll be gone because somebody's gonna bet it some way where they're like, oh shit, we're wrong and it'll be taken away. Um and to mm-hmm. be honest with you, why are you betting on that anyway? Because none of you know the status of Dylan Johnson. Like you do not know how healthy he is. So like I would stay clear of anything from Dylan Yeah, Johnson. I mean they I think some I think I heard somebody say like it is a high ankle sprain basically and like i know i've like we've seen players before play with high ankle sprains but it does limit them a significant amount one thousand percent all right so that basically is the our breakdown of the national title game again we've been doing this again since july like enjoy every second of this national title game. Like, college football is something you can't take for granted because it's gone before you know it. And, obviously, Connor, you understand all of that. Um, your season's shorter than mine, isn't it? Because yours yeah, is... Yours... Well, okay, so... September. Yeah, you go from November to March. I go from basically September... We go through April. To yeah. But... Like, I mean, yeah. They're probably... uh, You have a lot more games, but obviously the physicality of football and basketball are a lot different than basketball. You're able to play 30-game seasons. Yeah, and you can play play back-to-back nights in basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that's what... Yeah. Programming note. Come next Tuesday, we will recap the national title game. I'm thinking like later in the week, we kind of wrap up a little bit of college football 
like transfer stuff and stuff like that. And then come next Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it is, I'm going to make you come to my house. And we're going to basically dive into college football. We're going to give a complete over-review of what has happened because we're going to dive balls deep into that. And then if we want to do like... You mean college basketball. That's what I said. What did I say? No, you said college football. Okay, it, sorry. We're going to dive into college basketball, and I'm going to break down basically every single conference, all 33 of them, kind of give them a betting preview of everything. And then we're just going to dive right, right, right the fuck in. And then... The week after that, we will do, or that Friday of that week, basically picks for Saturday for college basketball. And then we might sneak in. I thought about sneaking in some Wednesday action for, like, maybe, like, we just pop in, do, like, 30 minutes on some more college football news if we have anything to break down, and then we'll basically just be all college basketball to the end of the season. What are you watching? No, I'm just, I was just, I have a giant... Over my shoulder, there's a giant calendar that's in chalk. Okay. That I, I was, you're watching you. Well, I was trying. No, I don't even have my TV. My TV is right here. The chalkboard's back there. Okay. No, I was trying to look at it because I believe that like January nineteenth is the date to the or the deadline to declare for the draft, and that's kind of when I wanted to do the college football like like down like talk or like cap off the season basically with like portal coaching carousel all well, that kind well, of stuff well yada, since yada. we can but do we could do since we can do remote we can, i think we can do that like in the middle of the week we might do like a three episode week just do college football in the middle if that's cool with you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like, just because i want it it will be like the best way to like cap off college football, like obviously talk about the portal. That way, we also know like everything that's going on with the coaching carousel. Because like, no offense, my school is about to be all over the coaching carousel. Uh, and then like everybody that's declared or has decided to come back, sort of. But, like, we could kind of do it in segments or however, but we'll figure it out. If you want to do, like, 20 I'm cool with 20-minute podcasts. Like, I'm totally cool with that. I will say, though, when we do, I would like you to come here if you don't want to do it. That's totally fine. But if you to do, like, no, a complete no. overview view of college basketball, like, what's happened, I will say you're probably going to have, like, 30 minutes of me talking about the mid-majors. If you don't love me, then that part you can skip. <laughs> Unless you want to break down the NAC with me, Connor. I will break it all down. Like, say your heart. I couldn't even tell. Down. I probably, yeah. I was about to say, I probably couldn't even tell you a school in the NEC or whatever. Um, Off the top of my head, Sacred Heart, Merrimack, St. Francis, PA. Actually, not St. Francis, PA. St. Francis, New York, because PA canceled the fucking athletic programs like a bunch of morons. Um, we got Wagner, Central Connecticut State. Like we're talking about a lot of really good programs that have never done anything. Oh, Fairleigh Dickinson that made it to the fucking second round. How dare you disrespect them? Hey, cool. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. We'll recap the national title game. Until then, we're out of here. Thanks.